for February 16th, 2023. It's the Lullabot Podcast. It's the Lullabot Podcast, episode 261. I'm Matt Cleave, a senior developer at Lullabot. And today on the Lullabot Podcast, we're going to be talking about Drupal 10. It's the latest, it's the greatest, and you should probably upgrade. Uh, with us today to talk about Drupal 10, we have some folks that uh, did a lot of work to put some good features into Drupal 10. First off, we have a senior front-end developer from Lullabot, hailing from Barcelona. She's a provisional core front-end framework manager and UX maintainer with Drupal. At the retreat a week ago, we heard that Lullabot will be sponsoring her work on Drupal core development for six months. Joining us today, we have Christina Chumias. Hi, Christina. Hey there. Yeah. Six months, that's exciting. That's good news, right? That's amazing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward for that. You can do a lot of work in six months. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. Let's see. Second up, not a stranger to the podcast, we have a front-end developer from AVB Digital. He's everyone's favorite alligator wrestler from Gainesville, Florida, the former host of the Lullabot podcast, a Drupal Association board member bigwig, a Drupal core CSS maintainer, Olivero subsystem maintainer, Mike Herschel. Hi, Mike. Yes. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. We're glad you're here. Thank you. And also... Uh, I guess you're now a, a common podcast guest, Lullabot senior front-end developer, former science teacher, my small-town brethren from Minster, Ohio. He's the Olivero subsystem maintainer, which is new since you've last been on, and the Drupal 10 release meme winner, which was a Twitter competition, right? It was a Twitter competition back when Twitter was still a thing. Andy Bloom, glad you're here. Hi. Glad to be here. So Drupal 10, it was released on December 14th of 2022, the uh, success, successor of Drupal 9. Um, and, and, it's, and it's here and it's now been around for a couple of months. So it's time to actually think about running it, right? That's the way I usually do software. It's like, oh, look, the new stuff came out. Let's, let's wait for the early adopters and now you know, we'll upgrade <laughs> and we'll get around to it, right? Yeah, that's kind of my attitude too. So has anyone upgraded to a Drupal 10 site, have stuff going? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I see an issue in, uh, in, in Jira on the project that I'm on. Um, so like it's something that it's going to be happening. So the good news is, is that uh, Drupal 9 doesn't end of life until November of 2023. So currently, as far as like official supported versions of Drupal, we have Drupal 7, we have Drupal 9, and we have Drupal 10, right? Correct. Yeah. So you three were a part of a lot of really great stuff that uh, went into Drupal 10. Um, yeah. Tell me about that. I, Olivero is now default, right? That's that, that was a big one. Yeah, Olivero became uh, Al, both Olivero and Claro became the default uh, themes starting in Drupal 9.4, and that uh, replaces which was Bartik and seven. Seven. Okay. Yep, and Bartik and Seven have been completely yanked out of core and uh, relegated yeah. to their own uh, kind of contrib themes. And so all of us here have been doing like a lot of work, just helping to move those rel those issues over to those, so they're out of the core issue queue and back and back into you know 
issues for that uh, contributed yeah. project. Now, I doubt any of them will ever get fixed, but they exist <laughs> if anyone's interested. And they've all been curated yeah. back into their, their contrib projects. So somebody, yep. somebody's been out there helping move a bunch of stuff from uh, core into contrib space. Yeah. Indeed. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so Bartek and, I mean, sorry, Bartek and Seven are out. Olivero and Claro are in. But there are some changes between Drupal 9 and Drupal 10 with both Olivero and Claro. Uh, the biggest change, Christina, do you want to talk about it? No, go ahead. I see you're super excited about that. I, I'm always all excited about stuff. Yeah. yeah. The biggest change is that we no longer support Internet Explorer. And that that yes. brings along lots of lots of really cool things. But the biggest the biggest or, or uh, UC browser. Yeah, or UC browser <laughs> for that matter. Uh, and uh and that's the case because the, Internet Explorer is now Edge, right? There was Internet Explorer. I'm getting going to get the number wrong. Was it 11 or something? Was yeah. It, well, so I, Internet Explorer has been a little convoluted. It was Internet Explorer, and then they rebranded the Internet Ex Explorer code base to Microsoft Edge. Then they went on that for a little while, and then they eventually came to the conclusion that this code base is so messed up, we're just going to completely ditch it. And rebrand the Chromium engine under Edge. And they did that several years ago. But in the meantime, uh, Drupal 9 still support Internet Explorer, which means that we cannot use cool things like CSS variables or native um, like native ES6 style JavaScript or, or things like I that. I remember you were talking about that uh, quite a while ago. Like There were a lot yeah. of really great things that we could do within Drupal core except for Internet Explorer was kind of the, the last holdout. And now we're kind of over that hill and it's not something we have to support yeah. anymore. So the Drupal code base is now allowed to jump like almost 10 years. Wow. Um, there was there was so much stuff that we couldn't do because it just never got into Internet Explorer. Because uh, Internet it's Explorer okay. is not an evergreen browser. It never got updates except for with the operating system where now you, know, you have Chrome and it says in the corner of your Chrome browser, update. And so you can update just Chrome without updating your whole uh, operating system. Um, yep. And Safari gets updates uh, on a regular interval. Uh, Firefox gets updates on regular intervals. And then everything that's based on Chrome gets updates on regular intervals as well, just usually a little behind. So Internet Explorer being tied to what what OS was it? Was it XP7, one of those? Probably both. Yeah, I don't know which one. Like oh. I don't know, Windows ninety five. I don't know. <laughs> Three point one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. One of those. So do but... we support Netscape Navigator too? Or... <laughs> no, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> Graceful degradation. So And it like... sounds like it sounds like it's a major thing. Like if you haven't kept up in the front end world and aren't a Windows user, you're like, you're just gonna ignore Internet Explorer. It's like no 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 no. Like Windows has moved on since then. So mm -hmm. it's not like we're, we're shutting them out at this point. Browsers across the internet are still widely supported, as widely supported as they were before. Um, it's just we've now moved on too and aren't supporting the old stuff. And yeah, on, yes. on any Windows operating system right now that still has updates coming to it, if you open Internet Explorer, uh, the IE browser itself will say, hey, uh, you should try Edge. And they'll try to move all their users over there. Um, and even if people are developing things that 
um, big air quotes here, require Internet Explorer, there is an IE mode in Edge to emulate all of that. So um, mm -hmm. hopefully nobody's using it anymore because it's insecure and uh, uh, yeah. don't use it. I like to think of like Internet Explorer users as having like 16 toolbars in their browser and, <laughs> and like their, their virus ridden PC from the 1980s. Anyway, we should probably move on from this topic because it's a whole nother yeah. discussion. So anyway, <laughs> the, you, you were just saying that the, the, the whole front end code, the J JavaScript, the CSS no longer has yeah. to support Internet Explorer. So we can modernize that and remove probably a whole bunch of workarounds that used to have to be in there. Yep. And a lot of that has already been done. And then uh, we're, we're currently working on that in Claro too. Uh, Christina or Andy, if you all want to talk about that. Sure. That basically there's the the aim to modernize the CSS code because um, as context, uh, Claro basically was a clone from Seven, and from there we basically uh, styled it so it could use the new styles from uh, the new design system. So basically, we had a lot. Of, we have a lot of uh, old code in there. Uh, a lot of stuff has been modernized and has been changed and updated, but there's still a few stuff in there and this opportunity to actually use like um, variables or use well, well custom properties or use all this all this new cool stuff that is happening we actually created uh well my created the modernization css modernization initiative a while ago and one of the the branches from that is actually modernized the css from from claro and wow it's really cool to be able to clean stuff yeah so yeah, we're tightening up that code and uh, making it more maintainable. And uh, that's a big deal. And then like when we find bugs, we're fixing the bugs too. Yeah, that and also like coming up with uh, ways to support in the future, like component related or component alike way of theming, although it's still like way far from what we would like to have. But that's a topic that we're going to talk in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. When I look at the, uh, like, a, it was a list of change logs I was reading in preparation for this talk. Um, one thing I saw was uh, that there were now modern JavaScript components and replacing some, some, some jQuery that came into Drupal. Is that something that's happening as well? Not as much as we'd like. Um, yeah. Like, jQuery is tied into the admin administrative interface of, of Drupal pretty tightly, especially around events and Ajax and stuff like that. Um, there's, there's a, there's a lot of work being done to remove it when it's not necessary, but if I were to put money on it, I would say it's going to, it's going to be living at least within the administrative interface for, for several more years. Um, that being said on the, uh, on the public side, you know, with Olivero, we have no dependency on jQuery. So you know, I, I think Olivero ships something like around like 15 kilobytes of JavaScript or something like that, which is which is really lightweight. Why do y'all front-enders hate jQuery these days? It's not it's not necessarily that we hate it. I I personally like it. It's it's kind of it's kind of it makes things a lot simpler. But it's not needed like it was. jQuery was uh, was really needed back in the day to kind of smooth uh, smooth the edges around. The, the differences in JavaScript APIs between the different browsers and 
specifically Internet Explorer was one of the worst offenders. Um, <laughs> in addition to Which that, turned into like, Safari too, right? I remember talks about jQuery, yeah. jQuery core itself having to do a lot of stuff for Safari. Safari's Safari is kind of a pain in the butt. It's getting better, but anyway, I, um, in addition to that, like like there's new features and APIs added to JavaScript now that just make a lot of the jQuery stuff unneeded. Um, yeah. That being said, jQuery by itself is what like only a hundred kilobytes. It's not a heck of a lot, you know. Like I think the average website on the internet right now ships around three megabytes of JavaScript, which in my opinion is way too large. 100, 100 kilobytes is isn't is something that the browser can handle pretty easily. It does it does add up though if you have multiple versions of jQuery that you start depending on. If Drupal Core brings True. in one and a module brings in another and your theme brings in a third, then suddenly you've yeah. gone from you know one hundred and twenty to, to almost four hundred yeah uh, kilobytes. Yeah, so. yeah, let's probably. Not, let's not do that. Yeah, long story short, as long as you can actually avoid adding JavaScript to your theme whatever comes with the default on the admin UI shouldn't actually affect you that much, but still yeah. you, whatever you develop nowadays, it shouldn't have jQuery at all. You know, there's a bunch of other additions to uh, Drupal 10 as well. Um, one was that uh, CK editor got an upgrade from, from five from CK editor four, which was an experimental option. You could have enabled that um, yep. with your Drupal nine as well. Like, but CK editor five is available. Have have any of you dealt with any differences from four to five? Yeah. 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 Like there's a number of modules that still need a little bit of work. Like in my mind, I think like the link it module does. Uh, in addition to that, um, when you install CK editor five in Drupal 10.0, you'll notice that the actual editor interface is a lot, a lot tinier. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Like, like it's, it's, uh, you're expecting the body field maybe to be like multiple lines, but it's just one line, but then yeah. you start typing and it grows. And, and there's a fix for that. And I'll, I'll talk about that when we're talking about maybe 10.1. And, um, but other than that, there's a lot of things about CK Editor 5 that, that I personally like. I like the way that it handles the little kind of balloon pop-ups instead of creating a modal. I think there's a lot of, a lot of pretty neat things there. Yeah. So other than that, it's, it seems, it seems pretty Pretty similar. I was trying to do something, uh, I don't know, probably almost a year ago by now, uh, maybe eight months. But I tried, I was having issues doing placeholder text inside of a CK editor field. So where you get the, the grayed out um, text inside of a form element. And when you start typing, it goes away. Just kind of a, a reminder to the user of what should go there. Um, in this case, we were overriding other content. So we had the idea of event series and event instances and the instance would adopt whatever the series said. So on the instance, we were trying to show whatever the series had in the body field and doing that within placeholder text and CK editor five actually wasn't able to do it as far as I could tell, um, through Drupal or C four couldn't do it. Um, five could, which I, I found to be really interesting. Um, but that could just be, guy who didn't play with CK editor enough having issues. Um, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I did find a Drupal issue at one point that was like, this doesn't work. And the answer was, yeah, you're right. It doesn't. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to anything that might make that easier. Um, if I ever run into that problem again.
the things you remember. So PHP 8.1 is now a requirement for Drupal 10 as we continue to upgrade, you know, and keep up with the other communities. We talk about the Drupal Island a lot, but Mm -hmm. Drupal is just one piece of technology built on others, right? So we need PHP and we're keeping up with that community. Matt, I'm curious as a front ender, what... What are the differences? What's is there anything new and cool in PHP eight versus PHP seven? You know, I I haven't looked a lot into it. I've kind of kept up with a lot of the small syntaxy changes that make things easier. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the same, as long as it's uh, uh, a recent supported version. I mean, that's what makes everything happy, right? As long as it's supported by the community and uh, does what it should do. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest deal. I've been doing a, like an online PHP course and I'm trying to look at my notes, but there were some, some new things in PHP eight that you couldn't do in PHP seven. And I don't have, like I said, I don't have my notes in here though. And one of them might've been like the inline, um, like the arrow function, similar to what JavaScript has. I don't know if that's in seven, uh, if if that's in in PHP seven or PHP eight, but, but there's like a lot of things in, in the newer versions of PHP that in my mind, like are like, Hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, PHP has really kind of improved the developer experience over time. Um, and a lot of that is simple syntax things that make things easier for people writing the same block of code over and over and over again. And Drupal has continued to adopt those things. Yeah. Similarly, symphony 6.2. Um, and that's one of the reasons, right. For the, the new version of Drupal is yep. that we're following the Symphony community as well, um, which I read and kind of was surprised to see going from Symphony 4 to 6.2 is three years of advancement on the Symphony side. Um, so Drupal kind of following other communities and, and technologies that are involved with Drupal Core 2. Yeah, it's really a benefit, you know, that that we moved to Symphony that we can kind of get all these, all these uh, improvements for free, you know? Yep. So... Yeah, if you've never used any of the core symphony stuff, it can be really nice to just reach down and grab some component that already exists in symphony and just say, oh, cool, this is here and I don't have to bring in some extra vendor or I don't have to build it myself. Very good. We're talking Drupal 10, which was a totally missed marketing opportunity. They could have called it Drupal X, right? Yeah. Drupal X, the latest version of Drupal with some folks that have a lot of code running in Drupal 10. Coming up right after this, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's next and the future. Welcome back to the Lullabot podcast. We're talking about Drupal 10 and all of the latest, greatest, keep up to datest things happening in Drupal. Mike Herschel, I wanted to talk to you about something real quick. Um, yes. I was on a scrum call today where no. the, some front end developers on my project were trying to work on a mega menu type situation. Mm-hmm. And they said that they were going to pull code out of Olivero because Olivero did it best. And it's most... We did it best. Yeah, they did it a good job and you did a good job and it was uh, also very um, accessible and that was necessary for for the project and Olivero is is the way to look as far as code to pull out and 
Yeah, we need to make that easier to tell you the truth. Like in the back of my mind, I was thinking about doing a uh, contrib, a contrib project like Olivero menu or something like that for contrib, similar to like that old Superfish menu module, or nice menus, but, or nice menus. Yeah, there's a there's a number of them. But tell, yeah, but to tell you the truth, like it just comes down to time. But this is a good segue. I'm actively working on uh, bringing the Olivero menu system into uh, the starter kit theme, like the starter kit base theme. Yes. So one of the new things, uh, the new theming paradigm in Drupal 10 is that instead of uh, using uh, parent themes and sub themes, which you still can do, but instead of using classy as a, um, as a parent theme, Instead, you use this command line tool and you say, generate me a new theme. And uh, by default, it will generate a theme based off of the uh, starter kit base theme. And the starter kit base theme right now kind of looks like nothing. It's all basic HTML, hardly any CSS. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty ugly. Um, but I have a patch that right now I just need to work on some tests to to get the uh, to get the start to get Olivera's menu in there. So when people use that, boom, they're going to have a very accessible, modern, awesome menu system in Drupal, and they're going to get that for free. It's going to save people like thousands of hours of time. That's great, and that's actually yeah. kind of yes, a, a new way to to build themes. So it's Drupal mm -hmm. itself is going to actually create stub out the the files and stuff to to exactly. make exactly. Cool. Exactly. And the reason that we're doing that instead of like relying on like a parent theme is if we rely on a parent theme, we can't ever make changes to that parent theme um, because we don't want to break anybody's stuff, you know? So that means it will stagnate. And y'all know that like the, the front end moves pretty fast. So we don't want to stagnate. We want to have, we want to keep those best practices move forward. So yep. I, talking about moving forward, and you already kind of alluded to it earlier, um, we're doing a podcast about Drupal 10, which was released in January, 10.0, or in December, rather. Um, and in June, we're ready for 10.1 and all of the good stuff coming with 10.1. The drop is always moving, as they say. So what's gonna, what are we going to find in 10.1? Mike, hey. Mike is pointing to me because he wants me to talk about this. Um, so Mike was talking about the starter kit. Uh, and right now, the way starter kit works is there's only one theme uh, that that works with starter kit. And so you, you run this command in your, your terminal, and it copies over the, the core starter kit theme, and it gives it to you and you start working on it. Um, but wouldn't it be great if instead of starting from scratch every time you could do this with literally any theme and the way the starter kit stuff is set up is you can do that uh, themes can declare themselves as uh, compatible with starter kit in their their info yaml file um, and that's one of the things i've been working on recently has been making it so that you can use olivero as your starting point yeah. for starter kit um, we we talked earlier about some of the components in symphony that are great to use and it's been uh, this issue that i've been using some of those where uh, when you run this command with starter kit, uh, it loads up a PHP class in the theme and you can go through all the files and find all the instances of Olivero and change them to whatever you want your new theme name to be. And 
update the text in those and then copy them all over and filter out pieces that you don't want and all kinds of st cool stuff like that. Um, so hopefully in 10.1, in um, people will be able to use Olivero uh, with Starter Kit if they want to and be able to see this kind of new theming paradigm, as, as Mike put it, um, instead of using base themes, using Starter Kits. Mm -hmm. It's pretty exciting. Uh, in addition to 10.1, we have, uh, I'm excited. I, I may, we have some cool changes to CK Editor, uh, some usability improvements. Um, I, I mentioned a little bit earlier that when you load CK Editor 5 right now, it's kind of short, uh, like it's vertically short. And um, it doesn't really inform the, edi the editor that, hey, this is maybe a place that can accept long like that used you know, to be configurable right like you could make your ck editor however many lines yeah. long is that not configurable currently yeah well, it's not current it's not currently but okay. in 10.1 it will be could you and could you hack it with css if you wanted to yeah yeah you can hack it with css okay and 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 we have that fixed through the magic once again of css variables so so we're using some modern JavaScript and modern CSS to make that. In addition to that, we have an, a new issue. Uh, a new issue just got committed a couple of days ago, where uh, CK Editor now will not grow uh, beyond the height of your viewport. So that's something I'm interested. Uh, I'm excited about. You know, it, I, I think like all these little minor things are going to just add up to a vastly improved editorial experience, and I'm super excited about that. So kind of like how I kicked off the show, the uh, I'm waiting for the dot one um, that a lot yeah. of people have isn't necessarily terrible, but if you are starting a new project now, um, 10 is as good or better than nine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and the right way to be. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. thing is that it's different, like from uh, starting from now, like from the start right now, it will be 10. If you're migrating, that's a completely different thing. But if you're starting from scratch, definitely then is the thing to start from. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these improvements can be brought in through, you know, like composer patches or something like that too. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I, I, I maintain a couple patches for the uh, CK editor stuff for both 9.5 and uh, 10.0. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. But do you know what I'm most excited about with 10.1? I want to hear. Single directory components. What does that mean? Yeah. That's not my game. Like I know. So it's something that uh, Matteo, Matteo Bosch, who is a, uh, who's, who's honestly the coolest lullabot, be way beyond cooler than all you three. He, he lives on the beach. <laughs> he lives Whoa. on the beach. <laughs> and, uh... Man, me too. Mike, <laughs> seriously, you're He's yeah. out in the water a ways on a on a okay. Mediterranean island though, Christina. Like Okay, come on. Cool. I'm just gonna pass it. I'm just gonna pass it because he speaks Catalan. Otherwise you're okay. like bad. Okay. So so Mateo packs passes the vibe check still. Like, right? We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh Mateo has uh within contrib he's been working on a cl components uh module which is basically like a way to create 
front end components in Drupal, you know, so you'll have like a twig file, a CSS file and a JavaScript file, and it's all bundled in one directory. And then it, it integrates that with Storybook and, and the rest of Drupal and stuff. But he's, we are all working and this, this includes Christina and me, but it's really mostly Mateo and a little bit of a uh, Larry Escala. Uh, and um, they're bringing as much of that as possible really into Drupal core. And so that's called single directory components. And it's really neat. So like right now, if a front end developer needs to create a, uh, a component, well, the first thing they do is they create a new CSS file, you know, in one directory, they create a, they, they navigate down to their templates, create another, a, a, a twig file with a specific name, you know, they have to maybe create a JavaScript file in their JavaScript directory. Then they have to create another one, yeah. And then they have to they have to go to their libraries file. They have to define the paths all those files. And then they go to their back to the Twig file and attach that library file to the Twig file. It's just, it's just really like burdensome, yeah. and it makes for like kind of a crappy edit, a crappy uh, yeah. Experience. Try to explain that. Yeah, try to explain that to to some new for people actually starting yeah. with Drupal front end nowadays, it's like, why, I, I know, why right? do I have to do all this? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense actually. So uh, with single directory components, what it enables you to do is you can define the components. There's gonna be a components directory and you think directly under your uh, theme directory. And you you can create a you can create a uh, a directory under in the in, within that components directory for each of your components. So you can call like say like a CTA component, and then there you create a uh, like a CTA.yaml file. You'll create a uh, CTA.twig file. You can create a you know CTA.css file, CTA.js file. You can put throw a README in there, even a picture. And the cool thing about the YAML file is you can define, like I said, you can define schema in that. And so Drupal can hook in at some point, we'll be able to hook into that. And that could bring in options like uh, automatically create new block types for components that are defined. You know, Drupal will discover those, maybe create a new block type. That's not going into core yet, but something like that could, or it could go to contrib. Or you could have like something in Layout Builder where, you know, you could add a component directly from Layout Builder, something like that, like all that stuff. It opens up a lot of really, really neat possibilities. When in the old days we used to use, uh, first of all, I guess my question, Mike, is does how does Drupal then build that CSS to something that's used by the browser? Yeah, so it auto-generates a library, okay. you know, and then the library just gets attached whenever the template gets included. We don't have to deal with uh, uh, I Internet Explorer's limit of 32 style sheets on a page? Uh, that, that that's like from what no, night that's really old shipping with our aggregation turned on okay we got some new things in uh in in drupal 10.0 that you missed okay so, so i guess tell me i i did kind of go out of order and that's that's fair yeah, yeah. Let's, let's bring us back to to 10.0 what what is new that we haven't talked about yet the views responsive grid Views responsive grid. That sounds like a contrib project that I should just install a module. What does nope. it do? It is in core. It does exactly what you think it is. You know how like like if you go into views right now and you create like a grid style and stuff, and then you make your browser small, it doesn't like reflow. Okay. Well, now it does. Sounds handy. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. And the way that the way that you define it is uh, 
instead of saying like, you know, at 700 pixels, I want, I want two, two columns and at 800 pixels, I want three columns and all that type of stuff. All you got to do is you simply tell uh, Drupal the minimum width of your grid item. And then Drupal will automatically figure all this stuff out for you. It's pretty neat. Very cool. Yeah. We also have a new twig filter. What a twig filter? Twig filter. Yeah. So, so you know, like when you're writing twig, you can put like the uh, bar or whatever afterwards, and you can say like the pipe. You know. Yeah, the pipe. Okay. The pipe's a good word for that. Pipe. Yeah. You do the pipe symbol, and uh, then you put your filter after that. Well, there's a new one called add suggestion. And this is th this was an idea from the second coolest level bot, Hawkeye Tenderwolf. Okay. okay. Way cooler than E3, also. <laughs> and um, <laughs> what does it do? The add suggestion. So it's a it filter a for suggestion. a tweak variable that does yeah. what? What does it do? So all right. So like, let's say that you have a field, you know, in your uh, in, in your twig file. Like, let's say like it's like I don't know a uh, a text field where you have like multiple items in it or something like that. Y within Twig, normally you do content dot you know field underscore my field or, or or field yeah field underscore my field or something like that, and you put that in the curly double curly brackets and then it'll output that and it'll kind of wrap it with a t with a field template you know. Okay. What you can do now is you can tag on a uh, a pipe and then add suggestion and then some uh, parentheses and put in uh, arbitrary string of text. And what that will do is that if, if it, it, that will make it look for a template. So instead of looking for field underscore my field twig, it'll look for field underscore whatever that string you passed is twig. And so like, let's say you want to render that field as an icon, you know, let's say it's like a social media thing, you know, it's like Facebook or something like that. You know, you can say field, you know, you, you can say like, uh, you know, pipe field or no, you, sorry, you do pipe add suggestion and then you do like Facebook or something like that. And, and then you can have a, uh, uh, a twig file, twig file called like field underscore face, no field dash dash Facebook HTML that twig. So this is, this is essentially just a hook theme suggestion alter as a, a twig filter. Um, and so what you're doing is as you are rendering a field on a node or on a block or on any kind of entity right there in your twig, you can add a new theme hook suggestion that that field will, will have applied to it. And so if yep. you have that, that twig file available that matches that suggestion, you can then render through that. Thank you for explaining it way more eloquently than I. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's my question, Mike, is suppose... And, and maybe you know the answer and maybe not. And maybe this just gets cut out because it, nothing comes of it. Is there a way to order the suggestion added there? Or is it always going to be added to the top of that list as like the most specific suggestion? It's always added to the top of the list. Okay. Um, something else that's, uh, that's along the same line that's not in 10.0, but it's coming for 10.1, hopefully, is a new... Um, some new filters that that are very similar that are very helpful with the add suggestion filter is going to be like an add class and set attribute so like let's say instead of like you know doing the add suggestion facebook you can say add suggestion social 
and then you can do another, <coughs> excuse me, you can do another twig filter, say add class, and then you can say Facebook, you know, so it passes in that Facebook class down to that template, to that social template. And then, and then you can, your CSS can key off of that or something like that. So we're going to alter the the attributes in that next level down from yep. the current twig file. Mm -hmm. It's going to either add a, just going to be add class and then uh, set attribute. So you can also set attributes if you want to set like, say like the open attribute on a details element or an ARIA attribute or something like that. That's very helpful. It was like implementing some of these things uh, on a, on a project we're working together. And I can say as a front-end developer, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, this is going to empower a lot of front-end and site builder yeah. types that, that don't have a lot of uh, PHP skills. Mm -hmm. Which so, I, I know when Twig came into Drupal, that was one of those arguments. It was like, we can have themers be themers and Drupal people be Drupal people. And I kind of thought, yeah, right. That's never going to happen. And then I ended up on a project with a person that had been doing it for a while and was unfamiliar with pre-process and some of the things that used to be normal when you had tpl.php files and it actually kind of works that way it can anyway yeah and and there's a there's a lot of other cool things uh too so another another cool thing that's actually made it into 9.5 is the new twig uh dump uh command or dump function and 9.5 was so, released in parallel with 10.0 Right. So, yep. so it's, it's in both. So twig dump sounds handy. Yeah. So like dump is an internal function in twig where you can like, normally you can like within your double curly brackets, you can say dump me, you know, a variable, but like half the time it'll just like eat up all your memory and white screen of death on you. Mm -hmm. Um, so what we, what we, and when I said we like Larry Escala ended up doing, um, is built a wrapper around symphony var dumper for that so now if you do uh if you do like just like curly brackets and then dump with some parentheses and any any version of drupal after 9.5 it'll actually open up a really really nice uh output for yeah. you with with like you know exp it'll show you all the arrays that's available all your variables that's available it will uh you can expand and collapse them and stuff like that it's super handy for 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 new uh front-end developers and for people that might not have x debug set up very cool I think and then another thing this is the last one i'm going to quit talking after this but uh another thing that i worked on for 10.0 is uh, refactoring the uh settings tray or not settings tray the off canvas css which is like the off canvas is that like little sidebar thing that pops out when you're in something like layout builder or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that CSS was really messed up. Uh, well, yeah, it was, it was, it was really messed up most of it because of trying to be compatible with IE. And, um, so with now that we don't have to worry about internet Explorer anymore, we were able to use some proper CSS, some modern CSS resets, and I completely refactored a heck of a lot of that. Andy did a whole bunch of work on reviewing that. And I think, Christina, you might have too. I don't know. I, th I think you did, right? It, Christina so, was making faces. It doesn't work on a yeah. podcast. She's like, I don't know. I did so much. I don't remember. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't do that much. I just 
past <laughs> yeah. but um the settings tray is now like uh the settings tray and off canvas dialogue are a lot more usable right now there's a lot of a lot of things that work a lot more consistently like drop buttons and table drags and a lot of this other stuff that was really really wonky for, yeah, but, for anybody that may not be familiar with this off canvas thing, it's the CSS for this, it had to be written in such a way that it negated all of the, all of the styles coming from your front end theme. Um, because when that off canvas loads, it's trying to load its own theme that looks kind of like the admin theme, but not entirely. Um, and so you, you had all of these, these style conflicts that kept crashing into each other. Um, and one of the new things that is available in CSS now that we don't have to support uh, IE is the all selector. And what's the property? Is it just unset? It revert. Revert. And so it sets all CSS properties. That's what the all uh, property does. It says just grab all of them and then revert them back to what the, the browser would normally do, effectively nullifying any other styles that would, would have come in there and, and interfered with that. Mm -hmm. So, Christine, do you want to talk about some Claro improvements? Yeah, um, but maybe you want to talk about the developer improvement that you are noting. Yeah, um, one of the things that we've been working on, Zeki, who is the third coolest lullabot. <laughs> Come on, seriously? <laughs> Had We're been. not going to be top 10 by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Zeki's from the other side of Spain, though. So, right? Yeah, but he's cool. I mean, yeah. he would be like, <laughs> but still, come on, my. Zeki is so, Ezekiel Vasquez, and uh, yeah. Rabbit Lair is his username. He had been uh, doing some work, although it's not quite finished. Uh, so we need someone else to kind of pick up the uh, mantle and run with it. But um, on on a whole bunch of a whole bunch of cool front end developer. Uh, uh, debugging improvements. So, you know, like right now, if you want to see like the twig debug output that shows you what's template is live and all that, you have to kind of edit a bunch of YAML files, edit your settings, set PHP. And it's, it's, it's really difficult, especially if you're new to Drupal and you, it's, it's kind of a real pain in the butt. Well, we're going to bring that into a UI. So there's just going to be a checkbox that says, you know, hey, enable twig debug. Hey, enable this and that. It's just going to be two check, two or three checkboxes, and it'll it, it's not going to be stored in configuration because we don't ever want this to get deployed. I think it's going to be stored in like this state database or state table or something like that. Um, and boom, it's just gonna it's just gonna be wonderful. I think that right now is once again is like waiting on some tests. So if there's any backend developers out there who like want to help out. Uh, that's, that, that sounds be... really handy. That's one of those things that I need like yeah. twice a year and I have to Google the uh, manual page to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Twice a year. Well, that's what mm -hmm. I need. I, that's not what I do. I know. Actually, well, yeah, while you were saying that all that, Mike, I was thinking like, we've been like the front end people have been like ignored. Not ignore, but it's probably nobody actually has put a lot of efforts to make front end life easier. And that's a consequence, like mm -hmm. whatever we were struggling with, it's because all the leaders that were on the front end side years back, they're not there anymore. And, yeah. or maybe they are, but they are not putting that many hours on, con on contribution time or at least core stuff. And 
it's clearly that there's very few people that can't actually do all the things. And recently, I think there's so many cool stuff finally happening and making it's going to make our lives way easier, or at least not that bad. It really is, yeah. Speaking of making lives easier for people working uh, with the front end, uh, what's this yeah. operations redesign we're, we're hearing about? <laughs> well, it's actually something that uh, came, uh, well, from initial design where we wanted to wanted to make the UI smoother. Well, uh, Claro made one of, one of the big changes that Claro introduced is like way more wide space and like, bigger paddings, bigger margins, and that was a huge change. And one of the main complaints was actually uh, that we are, they were actually not being able to fit as much information on the screen as they could with seven. And one of the main pain points was actually the content page, the list with all the content. And uh, some of the cool things that Jean already did is that it's uh, compressing all the bulk operations into one uh, region, small region. And uh, we kind of iterated with that, uh, all, actually with Sasha also, Sasha is the maintainer of Jean. And several of us came up with the idea with like Ben Mullins and Laurie and several other people uh, came up with the idea to actually compress and make a region that actually pops in or pops or disappears, depending on you having actually something uh, selected or not. So the content uh, list is way easier to use right now and smaller or it can fit more stuff in there. That's going to help a lot of people who spend their everyday lives editing content in. Drupal. Exactly. Yeah. Which is the goal for the admin UI, actually. Yeah, One yeah, of the, the future goals. improvements come into the admin UI? Yes, but that's not going to make it for the 10.1. Although there, well, no, I don't think so. Well, no, I don't think so. There's a few of them. I'm going to do some spo spoilers here. Let's see how, when, or what actually makes, makes in. But one of the... Not spoilers. These are announcements. This is Christina uh, laying it down. Yeah. Well, actually, it's a spoiler for my session next week at Florida Drupal Camp. Okay. Which mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Well, this won't be this is... before the weekend. <laughs> Perfect. So one of the things is going to be, finally, we're going to have dashboards in Drupal, which is like 2023. Mm. That's not that's not a big deal. Come on. But I think it's going to be really cool. At least uh, the, the way that we're working with it right now, it's going to be like built with Leo Builder, going to have uh, different dashboards depending on who is actually logged in. Like you can be a content editor and you have one dashboard and as an administrator, you're going to have a different dashboard. So this is really cool. And content modules will be able to ship blocks or uh, pieces of content for that dashboard. So this is actually something that it should have been there for a while. It didn't happen anyway. Hopefully we'll see that soon. Something else, and Mike, I, I'm see, I'm looking at you. Even though Zoom doesn't work that way, and podcast neither, but ideally, new navigation for Drupal is coming at some point. But this is a huge, big new conversation that is going to happen. But it's time to get rid of tool, the toolbar, and it's time to have new designs and new ideas for that. 
And Mike being the person here that has more experience with navigation and JavaScript navigation. Mike's really good with menus, sense. I hear. Yeah. Yeah, menus. I, yeah, I like, I like doing it. menus. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. That's another thing. And to make it usable or more nice, we'll need to change some designs. Yeah. But that's, I'm going to leave that on the, on the side and we'll see it in the future. That's not temp on one for sure. Mm -hmm. But we'll need to change the layout design for the, the cloud, the cloud or the admin interface, whatever. Very good. So I think we need to start pointing towards wrapping this up. If we don't mind going around the horn real quick. And I'll just ask you if there's anything else that you're excited about with Drupal 10 or 10.1 that uh, you wanted to tell people about, or maybe something that you're working on in the future. Uh, Mike Herschel. I'm excited that like, I feel like Drupal's, Drupal is hitting its post Drupal 7 stride, you know, like the upgrades from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 to Drupal 10, like I think it seems like they're getting a little bit easier. There's definitely a lot easier from the seven to, to eight upgrade. Um, yeah, seven to, seven to eight was hard. Yeah. Eight to nine was hard, but okay, as long as your eight was up to date and well-maintained. And I mean, that was kind of mm -hmm. what we found. And, and nine to 10 is a similar way, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, upgrade status, by the way, we, we should mention that at some point. Upgrade yeah. status is the Drupal project you want to look at when you're looking at maintaining or upgrading to uh, new mm -hmm. versions of Drupal. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 yeah. And like, I like that. I just like this cadence that we're on in, in these quote, easy upgrades, you know, that you don't, you don't have to completely rewrite everything. And, and like most of the modules that I use on my D9 sites, you know, with, with just like one or two exceptions are already Drupal 10 compatible. And that's, that's pretty awesome. You know, I'm not in any hurry to upgrade, but when I do, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be too difficult. Yeah. Ta-da. Andy. Um, yeah. There's a handful of things out there that are coming, probably not 10 one that I'm excited about. One of them is, <clears throat> uh, recipes. Uh, the idea that you can set up, uh, basically configuration almost, uh, but with some extras to to do some, make some changes to a Drupal site. So you start up a Drupal site, you bring in this recipe that says, hey, let's add you know these four new content types that all have these specific fields set up this way uh, and do some other configuration. You can add that in and bring in other things. And it sounds a lot like distributions, but you don't have to do it on install and you can remove it later and you can mix them and match them. And, um, and so I think that's gonna bring a lot of um, kind of boilerplate stuff into, into the Drupal community that uh, organizations will be able to use and hopefully make Drupal friendlier, especially for um, smaller companies or organizations that want to use this that maybe don't have uh, full-time dedicated developers that have been in Drupal for a decade uh, to be able to do stuff like that. Uh, also excited about Project Browser, which will do yeah. similar kinds of things where people can just go into the modules list and, hey, I want a new module, and they never have to leave their site to find it and bring it into their code base and install it and configure it and get it set up and run. Very uh, WordPressy. Very WordPressy, um, but it's still Drupal. And I 
think it should still work with composer as well. So hopefully it does. Yeah. So, you know, can still maintain the ability to, you know, do all the, the big composer stuff that we want to do while making it easy for smaller companies to, to, to do it the WordPressy way, but in Drupal. Um, and then also excited about, uh, and this is not even in the Drupal code base, but the excited, excited about the move to, to get everything in GitLab, issues in GitLab and all the stuff that comes with that and uh, not having to worry about wrangling patches and merge requests, uh, just having one system to, to rule them all. So yeah, lots of stuff coming. Christina? Yeah, probably that what you're just saying, it's one of the, the things that is going to make uh, front-end life easier. And I'm really looking forward for that, like single directory components and all these things. I really think it's something really, really, really needed if we want to attract new developers in the, into the Drupal world. It's it's the only way like to keep up to date and uh, modernize our, all our tools. And also, obviously, all the new designs that... Uh, Ideally, we'll make it uh, soon enough and all the new, all the new uh, things that are going to change the user interface because I think that still it's clear it's been a, a big change uh, from Drupal 8 or Drupal 9 to um, Drupal 10, but still we need to do bigger changes because basically Claro has been like a renewal of the, the look and feel, but not a big change on the interface itself and i think these new changes are the new things that are coming in the future and i'm really excited about those very good i i, I think from from my perspective mike kind of touched on it the one thing that i like seeing is the rhythm that the drupal community is on for a long time in in the dark ages it was when will drupal the latest version be released and the answer was when it's ready and now it doesn't work that way and it's working out okay. Like yep. stuff is getting done. Drupal is continuing to to improve and and change. And I I like it. It's good to see. I think it's a healthy thing. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for and inviting. To, yeah, and I get to see uh, Andy and Christina in just a few short days. Florida Drupal, Florida Drupal Camp. Camp. Yeah, that's great. I, I, yeah. I think this is going to be released before Florida Drupal Camp, but probably not long enough in advance for somebody to book a flight, Mike. Mm. But yeah. but at least at least we can spoil Christina's announcements, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Just an insider's look. <laughs>